want something more, more meaningful moments, opportunities, deeper relationships, and memorable experiences? Do you want to make a difference? If you said yes, a career in real estate could be the opportunity you're looking for. Guiding people to one of the most important decisions they'll ever make, the purchase or sale of their home, can be both rewarding and lucrative. Exit Realty's revolutionary compensation model, training and technology provide you with the tools you need to start and build your successful real estate career. Call me today, Robin Collins, R-O-B-Y-N Collins with Red Robin Homes at 843-557-5003. Again, that's 843-557-5003. Or visit me at redrobinhomes.com slash join exit and make your exit today. Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Exit Strategies Radio Show. I am your host, Corwin J. Millett, broken owner of Exit Realty Low Country Group in beautiful North Charleston, South Carolina. If this is your first time listening to this show, you, sir or ma'am, are in for a treat because our mission here is very simple. That is to empower our community through financial literacy and real estate education. We're legacy building. That is what we do. So if you're out there making things happen with your family, for the generations yet to come, you know, our word teaches us to leave a legacy, to leave an inheritance for our children, our children, children, and so forth and so on. We want you to put a hashtag on that thing that says that you are legacy building because that is what you are doing. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Anchor FM. You can also find us on Instagram at our website, ExitStrategiesRadioShow.com You can catch us in a number of different places on your favorite podcast applications We appreciate you listening Please share this content with your friends, your family, your co-workers even those in your groups your church groups, etc. guys because sometimes the message and the word that we are speaking here today is for you sometimes it is for someone else that you know Again, we appreciate you listening Let's get started Good morning, good morning, and good morning, guys. Welcome to another fabulous episode of Exit Strategies Radio Show. If this is your first time listening to this show, I want y'all to buckle up. I want y'all to get your pen and paper. I want you all to get ready because we have this thing that we say here, and we don't just say it, we mean it, which is our mission here is very simple at Exit Strategies Radio Show. It is to empower our community through financial literacy and real estate education, guys. We're legacy building. For those of you who may be watching me, y'all see me with my hands. I'm over here. I'm like patty cake, patty cake, baker's man, because we're going to bake you some money as fast as we can over here. That's what we're going to do here on this show today. So, guys, we're not we are not going to take much um, time today away from our guests. But I do and I would be remiss if I did not say to our listeners, thank you guys for continuing this mission with us. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for being a part of the show and being our family. Because, guys, we have been bringing it to you and we have been bringing the guests to you to help you to get to that next level. And many of you are taking a step. So when I bump into you and I see you and I hear from you in the streets, I know that this content is helpful to you and that you guys are employing it. So we want to make sure that we continue to give it to you so you can get it done. So today is no different, guys. We are very fortunate to have with us 
a real estate investor. He is a real estate agent broker with us today. So he's going to give it to you. So we have none other than Christian Bockhelder with The One Brokerage. Christian, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Awesome to be here. What an intro, man. I love uh, I love what you're about. I love what the show does for, for the listeners. So excited to be a part of it. Appreciate you having me. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy, 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 busy guy. So Christian, if you do not mind for our listeners, give them a snippet, if you will, of who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah, absolutely. First and foremost, like most people probably listening, like yourself, I would define myself as an investor first and foremost. But in close second would be an advisor, right? Okay. Uh, advisor and a guide. Um, I started, uh, co-started with David Green of the Bigger Pockets podcast, The One Brokerage. That's our our, uh, our lending company. I am also on top of that, a real estate broker and an insurance broker. So kind of just believing that, you know, if we can bring the status quo of services in this industry a little bit higher, as you probably know, unfortunately, 90% of realtors and lenders and insurance agents and, and everybody in this industry just aren't very good, you know, and they're getting the wrong advice, they're getting the wrong guidance. And that, you know, trickles down to the clients that they represent, right. And there, there are a few people that are pushing the industry forward and making sure people are getting the right guidance and, and ultimately preaching financial literacy in America. And unfortunately, I think it's uh, underserved and needs, needs more people with that mindset. That is very fair. Very fair. And I agree with you wholeheartedly about that. Many are not committed and many through their work are only focused on a very small portion of, of the industry, which is the end part. We don't focus on the people that we serve and all that stuff. And I ain't going to preach or get on that day to day. But what I will say is, Christian, thank you for saying that. Absolutely. So, Christian, you have a history with this industry that goes back for quite some time. You know, obviously, everything that you give us today is going to be based upon experiences and and so forth and so on. But I'm going to ask you this one, because I'm pretty sure this is something that you probably get very often. Someone who's looking to get started. First thing that they should do is what? That's a good question. And one that we, we end up answering a lot. I practice this this way of how I analyze for me, it would be a client, but for you know a borrower or a listener, this could be this could be their situation, right? And I analyze, I put people into like four main brackets, right? You, I basically just take them down the list. Number one, they're all going to rotate around skills and money. Okay. Mm -hmm. Number one, do you have skills and no money? We need to target a subset of that skills that can lead to income, right? Okay. So that could be somebody who's personable, somebody who has character, somebody who communicates well would be very good, obviously, as a salesman. Right. Mm -hmm. That would be a real estate agent, a loan officer, a, a tech sales, medical sales, whatever the case is. And typically those industries have a lower barrier to entry because it is a lot more dependent on your skills. Right. Yeah. It's, it's you know, you mm -hmm. can't really teach somebody how to talk and how to communicate effectively. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't matter if you don't have that. Right. There's other factors here. Number two, do you have money and no skills? It's a decent position to be in. I'd question how you got them, maybe inheritance and insurance claim, the lottery, whatever the case is. If you're part of that subsector, it's all about guidance. It's all about since you don't have the skills or the knowledge, and this isn't saying somebody's completely unskilled. This is, hey, do you have a skill that will allow you to succeed in investing, right? An ability to analyze numbers, an ability to target certain markets, an ability to prospect good deals, right? Things like that, right? Those are the skills that I'm referring to. But if you have money, you can get into it. You just have to make sure that you're compensating for your lack of decision-making, your lack of guidance, all those other categories, right? My third category is you got money and skills. That's the people who are in the best case. My goal is to get all four of these categories into that class. 
right? Okay. Bring you the skills. I can bring you the knowledge, the guidance, people like yourself, people like this podcast, every bigger pockets, everything, right? Those are what you need to surround yourself in to get into this category, right? And then the last category is people with no money, no skills. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunately where the vast majority of the population finds themselves. If I'm just being honest, it's people yes. who work in the day-to-day, pay sub to pay stub, and they don't have an objectively definable skill that allows them to succeed in life. You're doing a job. I mean, you have obviously some subset of skills, but for those people, being that that's probably the majority of the population, I would say there needs to be an active, concentrated effort in defining what I call moments of arbitrage in life. So I did one recently. There was a client of ours who was an LVN. That's a basically one step under an RN. It's a licensed vocational nurse, right? It's somebody who maybe doesn't have the registered nursing license or degree or whatever it takes to get there. Um, So they're making a nurse's salary, but on the lower end of it. But after doing a deep dive in her finances, I saw that she had two cars for a single, a single girl. Mm -hmm. She had her fun weekend car and then she had her daily, you know, and I was like, okay, that's interesting. Asked her how many days a week she works and she worked four 12 hour shifts a week between three and four. So she had three to four days not working. Yeah. And she had two cars. So I said, hey, how much would you need for a down payment? And we ran it through, you know, a $300,000 purchase for a primary, which is what her her income roughly allowed her for. She need about FHA, three and a half percent down, let's call it ten dollars to $12,000. Let's figure out a plan to save you a thousand bucks a month. What's your car payment? Well, her second car payment was $450 a month. Okay. Okay. Let's imagine, let's not just go to sell it because that is an asset we might be able to arbitrage. Her fun car ended up being, a, it was an older Audi SUV. Just oh. what her fun car was, I guess. Funny, I, I typed it into Toro. If you're familiar with Toro, ah. it's a car It's a car rental yeah. app. And I'm like, so how many days a week do you realistically drive this car? And she said, well, maybe one. You know, maybe if I go on a date, I drive my nice car. Or maybe if I go out with family, I drive my nice car. I'm like, okay, well, what if we rented it out the other six days of the week? Uh-huh. Her car was renting for about $120 a day. Let's just assume you rent it out for like 15 days, maybe even 12 days out of the month. So we just completely wiped out your car payment. Yeah. Right. So now we're getting interesting. Okay. So now $450 a month times 12. We're already halfway to our down payment. Okay. Now, what do you do in your other three or four days of the week? Well, I I rest because I'm tired after 12 hour shifts. Of course. What if I tell you, you can rest for two days a week? And the other two out of the four need to be dedicated towards either learning a skill or getting money. Okay. Something super simple. We said, hey, what if you take those two days out of your week and you go to the most expensive area around you mm-hmm. and DoorDash for two days or Uber Uber for two days, but go to the expensive area where they tip yeah. well. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I watched this girl follow through 12 months. And by the end of 12 months, I kid you not, she had the money for a down payment and she now owns a property. <laughs> so it's like, and that was somebody that you'd define as no money. She had nothing in her savings account and she, I, she had a skill. She was a, a form of a nurse, but it wasn't a skill that immediately led to an increase in income. Right. Mm-hmm. But in 12 months of guidance and putting herself in the right situation led to her finding arbitrage opportunities in her life of both two cars. There's an arbitrage opportunity there to make money and time arbitrage. There's a time opportunity there for the four days a week you have off. Let's rest for two. Let's work for the other two. Now you're like every other American working five days a week, mm-hmm. but you're making a little bit extra money on the side, and, but just live on your LVN salary because you've already proven you can do that, right? Things like that, it takes sometimes an external eye for somebody to peer into your financial situation and see, hey, what's going on here? What's going on here? And to her, it was just like, oh, I just have two cars. Doesn't everybody have two cars? 
Mm-hmm. No, not not usually, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not something that immediately hits someone if they're not surrounding themselves with good advice, good guidance, good mentorship, right? And that's ultimately, I mean, I'm a broker, right? I mean, that's not my job. I didn't charge for that service. But that allowed her to eventually utilize my services and put her in a better financial position than when she met me, which is everything in real estate. That's why you got to, I'm so big in 2023, my big push for a lot of people who aren't able to qualify with rates or down payments or financial hardships, whatever it is. If you take this time where everybody else is complaining that nothing's possible Mm -hmm. and you go and surround yourself with the same type of like obsessive financial pursuits from people like myself, people like you, people like David Green on Bigger Pogs, whoever, that's going to lead to you in two, three, four years. You're going to look back and say, wow, that was the best decision I've ever made because now I got one, two, three houses. I got another car. I got more income streams. And it's just because of that pursuit. And so that's all. Yeah. So that, that all Christian speaks to what we talk about on this show a lot is about mindset, about having, I mean, that's interesting, but what you did was you introduced your mindset and in turn motivated someone who quote unquote, didn't have the money, didn't have additional skill and then in turn assisted them in getting to that next level, which is massive. So man, that's some good work right there. I mean, I love to hear stuff like that, man. Yeah, appreciate I that. that. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. In this industry specifically, and, and probably a lot of others, but in real estate, in investments, in financial pursuits, you're really only, I mean, even myself, you're only as strong as your network. If you don't have a good agent, if you don't have a good, once you have a rental property, a property manager or a maintenance guy or whatever. I mean, I could fill in the blank with a hundred different people, but mm. if one of those people fail, mm-hmm. I mean, what if your maintenance guy fails? If you own a short-term rental and a pipe burst, oh, what if your yeah. maintenance guy sucks and he says, oh, I can't get to your house for three months. Oh. Well, your bad relationship with your maintenance guy now costs you three months of short-term rental income that could be mm-hmm. thousands, right? Mm-hmm. And that you didn't plug into your chart or mm-hmm. whatever. If you were working with a regular agent or a regular lender, they wouldn't have told you, hey, this mm-hmm. is one of the most important concepts. So, I mean, it's just that it's kind of this relentless, like almost obsessive pursuit of surrounding yourself with similarly minded people. I mean, I mean, I'm a direct show of that. I mean, I, I grew up in a family that nobody owned a home, nobody okay. owned a business. Nobody was successful. I mean, they're successful in the W2 world, right? Yeah. But nobody was building generational wealth. Nobody was building the things that I can now. And it's, it's because I, I got a little taste of like, you know, oh my gosh, the information that these people can share, man, this opportunities is they provide. And I just became obsessed with it, to be honest. And there's a lot worse things to be obsessed over. So let's switch this up a little bit. And you just hit us with something. I mean, that is a very, it's not necessarily, I won't say a unique story, but it's fundamental. And I know we encounter this kind of stuff a lot. So let's switch this over a little bit for someone who was maybe, you know, similar question for someone who's looking to start with investing on investment property. What do they need to keep in mind as they approach that side of the fence? Absolutely. Number one, I feel people need to find why are they investing, right? So the same way I'm very big on like bracketing people because I don't believe that the same advice corresponds to everybody, right? Mm -hmm. So for instance, a lot of people invest for cash flow. They want to exit a W-2. There's nothing wrong with that. I would say that is difficult to do, right? It's difficult to fully replace active income with passive income because passive income is active right? For people who own real estate, it's it's tough until you have economies of scale to really truly make something passive. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people have a desire to pursue real estate. I want my job to be real estate. That's good. Cool. You want to do real estate instead of your W2. That's fine. Some people buy for retirement planning, right? I want income in my retirement. Okay. 
Some people buy for wanting generational wealth. I bring all these up because this is what determines not only the advice that someone like myself would give, but it determines your strategy into acquiring properties. If you're looking more long-term and you love your job and like, I don't really want to leave. I don't want to quit. I want to work out my, my working years, but I'd love to subsidize a little bit. Mm-hmm. That means you may not be as in need of like that relentless, like cash flow, cash flow, cash flow, right? You may be building some appreciation over time. You may want, you know, to pay down some principal and just have that property kind of break even, right? Most people probably land in that cash flow bucket though. So if that's the case, I'd say first step to answer your question, this is a long answer, would be getting number one, getting with a lender, having them understand your situation and getting a solid pre-approval. And if you don't qualify, go back to the first part of our conversation. We got to find ways to qualify you, money or skills, right? But if assuming we can get you to that point, that pre-approval in a relationship with the lender, and this is not a pitch for myself, I don't care who you use for lending. If you use me, cool. If you use somebody else, awesome. Find a lender that you like that resonates with what you're trying to build and what you're trying to grow with, and then go do that same thing and form a realtor partnership. Somebody who understands what you're looking for, something who can help you target property, somebody who's familiar with the area and preferably owns property themselves, right? Because they've done it, right? Mm-hmm. I always use the analogy, would you go to the the BMW dealership and trust the, the BMW manager driving a Mercedes, <laughs> right? If he's pitching you a BMW and this is the best car for this price and all, all the crud that he's going to throw at you, right? But then he's coming to work in a, in an S-Class. What's going on there, right? You would think if you love what you're, uh, what you're selling so much, you should be the one driving it, right? But yeah, you know, once again, I don't want to just take the cop out of surrounding yourself with good advice, but man, it's like having a cheat code. If you can get with people who will just guide you effectively when you're new to the industry, your first thing has got to be before finding properties, before finding anything, find people. Mm. It's got to be find people. Mm. And those people that's, will help you find opportunity. That's real. You know, I, I say this thing, Christian, to, to my agents. I mean, I don't say it as much as I used to, but I, I still say it and used to say it a lot. But people buy people for the buy product. You know, oftentimes people want to sell something to someone before they are real with people. Meaning you fundamentally, if you don't care about people, people know that. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? They know that. Yeah. It don't matter how much you know this and that and the third. If you legitimately have no interest in seeing them succeed with the information that you give them, people know that. And in turn, why should they listen to you? So I don't want to keep you on that. So let's continue on this vein on investing. Oh, God, there's so many different models and people can do so many different things with real property and, and investing. What is the, the model that you favor? I won't say it's the only one you do, but what is the one that you favor? Yeah, that's a good question. I'll answer in two parts. Okay. Um, number one is the asset class that I target. I love short-term rentals. I love okay. vacation markets. I love providing people an, op- an experience. I'm not all for the Airbnbs buying up every house on the block of mom's neighbor, right? Okay. I don't really believe they belong in those sectors. Mm-hmm. There could be some, you know, in vacation markets, but I'm big on like vacation destinations, places near the beach, places in the mountains, places on the lake, right? Mm -hmm. I resonate with that a lot because I believe my personal investing strategy includes buy what you know and buy what you love. This isn't for everybody, right? A lot of people want the fourplex in downtown, you know, that you would never live in, but produces Mm -hmm. good cash flow. That's great. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. This is just me personally. You know, I've had retreats from my company, the one brokerage where we've gone and stayed in a couple of the properties that I bought. That's like incredible to me that I can go provide my guys an opportunity. Like, hey, great. We hit our sales goals this quarter. Let's go take a trip to the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee. 
Mm -hmm. right? We stay in this big, amazing cabin. We have a great time. We go out on the lake, we go on hikes. Like that's really cool to me, right? Mm -hmm. That's an added benefit of being able to buy that type of, of asset class. So that's number one, amenities, experiences for people. But the overall greater strategy that I'm using is one that's a little bit in depth here. So I'm going to break it down as well as I can. Um, and kind of fun announcement. This is going to be the concept I'm actually undergoing writing a book right now. Okay. Um, and it's going to be titled exactly, it's going to be titled One House a Year, which is this investment strategy that I've laid out. And this could be for that LVN that we just talked about before. This could be something that she can implement, right? This could be something that absolutely anybody, if you plan instead of a 401k, instead of an IRA, instead of mm-hmm. whatever else, right? The country has told you is like a tried and true ways for retirement. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I got something a little better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my idea is pick your asset class. If it's short-term rentals like mine, if it's the fourplex in downtown, if it's whoever it is, even if it's a $50,000 house, if it's a $100,000 house, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If you can consistently buy one house a year within your budget on 30-year fixed mortgages, mm-hmm. okay? I want you to run through the possibility of buying one. Let's say you buy a $200,000 house every single year, 200, 200, 200, 200. That one you buy in year one in 30 years will be paid off. Mm-hmm. You know, assuming you keep it and you can refinance along the way, whatever the case is, let's plan for a 30-year payoff though. Let's say you're 25 and you start this, you want to retire at 55. It's a normal retirement age. Mm-hmm. You retire your first year 55 and let's say you don't have any 401k, you don't have an IRA, you don't have anything else. You may have some social security, whatever. That first house that's worth $200,000 has appreciated to probably three, four, five hundred thousand now. Mm-hmm. Let's assume no appreciation. Let's take that okay. out of the ballpark. Let's, let's just say we have 200. The rents have probably gone up from 2,000 a month. Now they're three, four, five thousand a month, but let's not mm-hmm. assume that. Okay. So I'm taking all these assumptions out because people hate the assumption game with real estate, right? Oh, you're just depending on appreciation. Mm-hmm. No, let's not take it out. I'm going to take that $200,000 asset and I'm just going to do a cash out refinance. Okay. And I'm going to take that. Now it's paid off. So we'll go and get $150,000 out on a 30 year fixed new one that the rents will cover. So that $2,000 in rent will cover your $1,500 payment, whatever it's going to be. And while that to the, I don't want to say to the layman, but to the, the, the person who's not understanding this concept may just hear, oh, you're just taking more debt in your retirement. I don't want to, that's not a strategy. Well, no, that asset just produced you $150,000 in retirement income in your first year. Best part, it's not taxed. Mm-hmm. Show me a 401k that is going to distribute you $150,000 the moment you retire. Untaxed. Mm-hmm. Untaxed. Mm-hmm. Then will also pay for itself on appreciating rents, on an appreciated asset class with all the tax benefits that real estate gives. So if I start adding back all these other things that I stripped away, now you have $150,000 in first year retirement plus tax savings, plus appreciation. You know, in reality, that 150,000 was probably more like a three or $400,000 cash out with the appreciation, right? But this is where it gets better. If you bought one a year, your second year of retirement, the house you bought in year two is now paid off. Yeah. You have cash flow opportunity there again. So now every year of retirement, you can imagine if I bought a house a year, even if they're a hundred thousand dollars, I'm creating hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in income in retirement. And mm-hmm. if you can't go enjoy your retirement on $400,000 a year in income, go get some hobbies, <laughs> right? Cause that's, that's a hell of a retirement for 400 K in tax-free income every year. Plus having appreciation, plus having generational wealth. Cause these are able to pass down to your kids plus being able to 1031 and do all the tax deferred stuff that real estate allows you to do too. Like that's pretty freaking cool. It is. And it, and that's how this thing here, man, gets to be in 
So, you know, Christian, I'm over here in my head. I ain't even done the math yet. I'm just enjoying getting a 150 check every year because to that point, every year it's okay. Well, let's cash out. Boom. Here come my money. Let's yeah. go do whatever we want to do. Now, if I work for 30 years somewhere, I mean, I probably got a retirement there too. I get to, if we got social security, that's a whole nother question. Exactly. Yeah. It may not be there in 30 years. Yeah, It may not be there, (laughs) but we factored that in, in the sixties, man. I mean, we're talking about having $200,000 a year income, you know what I'm saying? Just by simply doing this, you know, every year and and the wealth doesn't stop because we never sold the properties. We just refinanced, took some money out of them and we leave them for the next generation for them to continue adding on. And pretty soon, two, three generations down the road, your children's children is cashing out $300,000 a year between all their money. And that's how they're living. They're living at $300,000 a year, which allows them to go make other investments to add to and all that stuff, which is everything, man, that we've been talking about. And I mean, you just imagine, I mean, I I grew up in a family that I shared a little bit, like none of this was the mindset, right? But I'm just imagining if I got a head start in life with, you know, inheriting 30 houses. It's like, I'm going to shake your hand and I'm going to say, congratulations. I won. Like I won the game of life, right? Mm-hmm. Like 30 houses, no matter where they are, if they're paid off or they're leveraged and they're cash flowing, or even if they're breaking even and you have all that equity, like you kind of like already cheated, like you won. <laughs> like You started with the cheat code, right? And I mean, if people are thinking generational wealth and they're considering their kids stability and you're worried about where the economy is going to go, I don't care where the economy goes. If your kids are inheriting 30 houses, they're going to be fine. You know, I don't care where we go as a nation. Real property is always going to have value because it's tied to the most basic human necessity, housing. The most basic human necessity is a roof and four walls. That's it. I mean, and water, I guess you need water, right? Which comes with a house, (laughs) you know? So it's like, if you can tie what you're, you know, who knows where the dollar is going to go? Who knows where cryptocurrency is going to go or stocks or, you know, Apple may not be a company in 30 years if they make a string of wrong decisions. Who knows, mm-hmm. right? Companies come and go, countries come and go, but like you can't get rid of land. It kind of, it kind of stays here. Mm-hmm. And man, if you can tie the success and the future endeavors of your kids, kids and their kids to the most basic human necessity, plus it's the most beneficial and advantageous way to in the tax code in America, the way that we currently stand, mm-hmm. man, it's so difficult for me to just hear everybody say, Oh, well, I'm just dumping the max contribution into my 401k every year. I'm like, okay, you know, but there may be an alternative here, right? Like hear me out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if we just mm-hmm. do this small strategy and just like my LBN client, we're already planning her second purchase. Cause this was about a year ago. Right. Mm-hmm. So she's gearing up for round two. And of course, for anybody who bought, you know, in 2020, 2021, you, you got a little bit of a shortcut because we had that 40, 50% appreciation. You know, even if we come down 15% this year, you're still up 30, mm-hmm. right? And if you apply that in, maybe you can start buying a house, every, you know, two houses a year and you kind of yes. jumpstart a little bit. Mm-hmm. So man, it's just, it's something that I get excited about. And it's something that I just wish, you know, I wish there was a finance class in my high school, man. You know, but you know, and it's interesting for all the information that's out there, all the mindsets and all the people like you, Christian, who are okay, who are forward thinking, who are, you know, trying to scream this from the mountaintop to the masses, people don't listen and they miss these opportunities because that, because they close their eyes, they shut their ears, they tune this out because they're operating right here versus here. So 
thank you for that. So, Christian, we have quickly gotten to because I knew it was going to have a good time, man. I knew it was gonna, <laughs> we have quickly gotten to the end of our show. How can our listeners reach you? What's your contact information? Yeah, obviously, in just terms of getting a loan, a company is called The One Brokerage. So theonebrokerage.com, all spelled out as our website. My email directly is Christian at theonebrokerage.com. Pretty straightforward. I think I'm on social media as the one broker with underscores. So the underscore one underscore broker. And I'm findable on bigger pockets. If you just search my name, I'm super easy to find. But reach out. I mean, I'm I'm happy to help anybody that comes our way, even if it's just, you know, we don't charge for like an application, right? Like come talk to us, get our advice, get our guidance. Even if you decide to go somewhere else, no hard feelings. But I'm all about, as I shared in the show, man, getting in the right circles and getting the right guidance is the shortcut. It's the cheat codes to success. I mean, let us help. If we're that right guidance for you, reach out. Let us help you. So Christian, I've been asking all of I guess I'm and you are going to get this question. I want your mic drop answer. I want the one that, you know, if I was to ask you stand on the stage after you finish, you just throw the, you just let the mic fall on the floor. That's it. What one thing, one nugget can you give our listeners today that if you would have had this or known this in the very beginning, it would increase where you got to and where you're going, man, is very defining. You're killing it. But what would have expedited that process for you if you would have known that bit of information back yonder when? Oh, man. Say the opportunity that you hear people talk about on these podcasts is not unobtainable. When I was young, I thought it was unobtainable. I thought you had to have money to start. You had to have a a cheat code. You had to have something. But the amount of information and progress that I've made as a person, as an investor, as a guide, it's not as far away as you think. It's not this pipe dream pie in the sky of owning real estate. It's not this pipe dream of becoming a millionaire. Like a millionaire is like three good decisions away nowadays. Like that's that's how quickly stuff can change. And this economy and this industry, the way the tax code's written, man, three right decisions. Three right decisions. So that's interesting you should say that. So I'm going to give you something, Christian. And I forgot where I picked this up some years ago. But I picked this up some years ago that the average millionaire goes broke three times. That's how they get to the middle. At least, (laughs) for sure. Because they fail forward. So it is interesting that you should frame this from the positive. You know, it's either glass half empty or half full. So you frame this from the half full perspective of your three decisions away. Well, I'll tell you, and I know we're close finishing up here. Let me end on this. When I say a right decision, it doesn't mean that doesn't have to be a failure or quitting, right? Before I got into real estate, I was in a, W-2 situation. I was a chemical engineer, right? I went to UC Berkeley. I got a really highly touted degree and I hated it. Hated it. I'm like, oh man, this ceiling that I feel like I'm in, I got to listen to my manager every day. This sucks. I don't want anything to do with this. So I I quit. Like that's a failure. I went and got a four-year degree, paid a bunch of money, went in debt, like did all the stuff that like was told to me is the right thing to do. And I quit. I failed. That was one right decision on my way to three to becoming a millionaire. At the time, it felt like I failed. My family was saying, what are you doing? You're giving up a career that you did all this work in. But man, I realized that I was in that bracket of people with no money skills, right? Mm -hmm. And I had the skills of talking to people and advising people and understanding financials because I had that background in in numbers and math and engineering. Mm -hmm. And man, quitting right there was the first good decision probably that I had made in my life, which is a weird way to frame quitting. But just like you said, average millionaire fails three times. I can't agree more with that. That is impressive, man. That's impressive. Christian, 
Thank you so much for taking time to be with Absolutely. us on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being a part of the Exit Strategies Radio Show family. To our listeners, guys, to our listeners, we've been bringing it to you. This one here, we drop right here at your doorstep. Please open the door. Please pick up the package and please take it inside and do something with it to impact your family positively going forward. Y'all know how I feel. Y'all know what I say. I'm going to put the two things together and I'm going to deliver it to you this way. I love you. I love you. I love you. And we're going to see you guys out there in those streets. Guys, that was a great show today. And we thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Exit Strategies Radio Show. My name is Corwin J. Millett. Yes, that is me. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in for today's episode. Exit Strategies is my baby. It is how I give back to our community. It is how I foster goodwill, spread good news, and trustfully help you get great results. Guys, as I always say to you, as I always say to you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And we're going to see you guys out there in the streets.